There it is. That's the bell for round nine, folks. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot shots to the rib. When in doubt, stick it out. Doodle, doodle, doodle. You know where you're at, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz with Rick Prado. Real fight fans talking real boxing. Rick, what's up, man? Round nine. Hey, how's it going, man? You know, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. You know, I know I did. I hope everybody else out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't ask me, you know, how uh, how the scale looked uh-huh. on Friday, even even today, but it's all worth it, right? Yeah, it's well, that it, one time. You know, there was no plan weigh in. Yeah, that's you know, that's it, right. Yeah, that's right. We we don't have any fight scales or anything like that, so yeah. why not, right? Yeah. But I tell you, Thanksgiving, by the way, very underrated holiday. It's mm-hmm. the only holiday where you're guaranteed four days off. Yeah. yeah. All the other holidays, right? I Fourth of July, New Year's, Labor Day, right? Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, all one day. All one day, yeah. Tur- Turkey yeah. Day, extremely underrated that you get the four full days. Assuming, yeah. of course, that you don't work on weekends. Yeah, or, right? you know, you work somewhere where they don't give you that Friday. Yeah. You know, well, that's, most most do. That's, that's a good point. I yeah. guess I've been very, very blessed, Yeah, you know, that I've always had a, a job that gives me that Friday off. Yeah. So now for sure. All right, Rick. So let me set the table here because we got a lot happening on this uh, on this particular mm-hmm. podcast round nine. First of all, right, excited. We got a special guest from the foundation that we've been supporting and donating to Survivor to Leader. That's the one that uh, is a foundation that supports victims of sex trafficking. So we have a special guest from Survivor to Leader that's going to speak to us and just really provide a lot more context and really better clarity and some specificity, certainly than I can do. Um, I, yeah, I, I won't do it justice. Yeah. She will. So I'm excited for the audience to really understand and learn more about the foundation, what it provides, and really, right, to all the professional fighters out there, why you guys need to come on the podcast. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, it's a great cause and, um, you know, really interested to, to hear from her. Yeah, heck yeah, man. She's just an amazing human being. Um, okay, then, of course, we've got the Tyson and Jones. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, break that down. Yeah, that whole event. I'm not uh-huh. going to call it a fight, Rick. I'm going to yeah. call it the event. Um, got a lot of stuff on that, the highs, the lows, what we took away from it, what happens moving forward, and everything and anything that you pro- that you can possibly imagine. Uh, and then we had some real fights, right, mm-hmm. that also took place. Uh, Joe Joyce, Daniel Dubow. Good fight, kind of questionable ending or controversial ending. Uh, of course, to get a, a, really a weekend of controver- of controversy. Controversy, yeah. When you think about it, right? The Gabe Rosado, Daniel Jacobs, uh-huh. um, even if you want to call the you know the Tyson Jones, yeah, uh, result. You know, they, well, whenever the WBC, yeah, is involved, you know, you know, even with the celebrity judges, you're going to get some yeah. shenanigans. Yeah, you saw Suleiman there roaming around, yeah. roaming around the ring, right, getting ready to give the medals and whatnot. Uh-huh. So we've got all that coming up, and then of course we got uh, you know a weekend of fights coming up. We've got the Garcia Spence Jr. Mm-hmm. with you know, given the the current climate of where we are with COVID and everything. That's a big fight, Rick. Yeah. Right? That's really? as big a fight as we can get. Yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be on Showtime pay-per-view and, uh, you know, looking forward to it. Interesting to see what your lock of the week was because you were shaking a bit, Rick, with yeah. your lock of the week being Daniel Jacobs last Saturday. Yeah, well, you know. Or last you, week, I you, should you, say. You can, you can be afraid of the lock of the week, but uh, it's, it, it's going to pay off. Well, 
Yeah. It, it worked, right? You're yeah. undefeated in your lock of the week. Daniel yeah. Jacobs did come out with the yeah. victory, but oh boy, right? Not if you listen to the announcer yeah. right after <laughs> as far as who won that fight. And we'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit more detail. Uh, all right, folks, a lot coming your way. But coming up next, we have uh, an interview discussion uh, with a member, with Christy Bogard from the Survivor to Leader Foundation. And we're going to provide a little bit more information. Can't wait. We'll be right back, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, and we're back. Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado back on Pacific Coast Boxing. So, Rick, we've been talking about having um, a guest and really getting into the details on the foundation that we've been supporting. But I want to take a step back because I was at um, a golf course, right, right here in beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful Murrieta, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there was an instructor, and we were talking, and he said, hey, so why do you do the podcast, right? And it's interesting, right, because we, you and I talk about it, even though we're big time boxing and we're passionate about it, it's not for us, right? It's not for ourselves. The big reason is we want to entertain and maybe, right, maybe change somebody's day, right? Yeah. We talked about that. Maybe somebody's going home and he or she are having a bad day at work or something's going on in their life. And maybe we could bring a little bit of laughter, a little bit of entertainment, just maybe move wherever they're at mentally, maybe move them five degrees over, Right. Mm-hmm. So that it, it just kind of helps them get through, especially nowadays with the craziness that's going on with the COVID and whatnot, right? And and at the same time, right, we get to talk about what's our passion, which is boxing. Um, and then the second piece, of course, because for us, right, you know, our, our impact on others is, is the true barometer for success. It's, okay, that being said, right, what else can we do, right, not only to help the listeners, but who else can we reach out and help um, for, for, from a foundation perspective, et cetera. And of course, um, you've got two daughters, right? Mm-hmm. I've got two daughters. And so, you know, one of the things that Rick and I were, were, were looking at, and that's what I was telling this golf instructor, is we wanted to do uh, and help a foundation that helps something that's close to us. Because mm-hmm. although our daughters may not always agree, right, they're very privileged and yeah. blessed to have us as dads, although they may not always agree. You know, <laughs> right? a couple, couple girl dads. Right, <laughs> right. And so, so you know, so we, we started there, right? And then several years ago, okay, I met this amazing person that we're going to meet here in a little bit. I met her uh, at an Arizona State USC game back when there was still football, believe it or not, right? Um, and so kind of kept in contact mainly for social media. So, so anyways, um, we've had a couple of boxers on the show. Um, Lázaro Lorenzana, Sulem Urbina. And so every time they've come on, we've made a donation, right? And so I want to just talk a little bit more because not only was the golf instructor asking me, but a lot of people were asking us, right? Like, what is this? What are you guys donating to, even though we put it on Instagram? So I want to provide a little bit more context, a little bit more color as to why it's important and why we have been supporting this foundation that helps of victims of sex trafficking. So For me, Rick, initially, right, when you think about sex trafficking, a lot of people immediately think about, like, in a very dramatic fashion, like Mm -hmm. like the movie uh, Taken with Liam Nielsen, right? And although that is sex trafficking and certainly that that's taking place, right, sex trafficking defined, it's when anyone, someone uses force, 
fraud or coercion, basically to cause a commercial sex act with an adult or causes a minor to commit a, a, a commercial sex act. And that could be with, you know, through prostitution, pornography, sexual performance that you're doing in exchange for money, drugs or whatever. Right. And so that's what we're talking about. Right. We're not talking about this glorified, dramatic, you know, movie sex trafficking. We're talking about victims that are here in our backyard, the common age, Rick, of, of, of we're talking about females 14 to 16 years old, right? Um, and, and then the issue is, right, is is as they're going through this, the programs that are available, it's almost like they're, they're treating the symptoms and not the root cause. So these poor girls will be treated for things like for drug abuse, alcohol abuse, you know, domestic violence, et cetera, when the real issue, the root cause is that these are girls that have lived their whole lives victims of sex trafficking, yeah. basically being prostituted since they were 14, et cetera, right? And so... Okay, so so then now, so step in, survivor to leader, okay? This organization, and one of the things that we wanted to do, right, is not get involved with this huge bureaucratic machine that has, like, layers upon layers of, you know, before any money that gets donated actually reaches, right, the intended audience or the intended victim. Um, so, hence, the survivor or leader. And so this is what I want to introduce, right, uh, a very amazing person, a person who, one of my favorite sayings, Rick, that life has a way of eating up the lazy, the uninspired, and you cannot say that about Miss Christy Bogard. So, Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. So, so Christy, I, I, you know, hopefully that segue did justice to define, um, you know, what sex trafficking is and, and kind of, uh, you know, how bad it is. It's the, it's the number one growing crime in California. And from a survivor to leader perspective, what does survivor to leader do to really help the victims? Yeah, that was a perfect segue um, because I think you're right. I think a lot of people, when they think sex trafficking, they think international. Um, but what we don't realize is that sex trafficking is really happening right here in our backyard. You mentioned Marietta, um, California, especially Southern California is where a lot of the girls are brought because they can make more off of the girls. So you have a triangle from San Francisco to Las Vegas, to Southern California, wow. because somebody in Southern California is going to have more money to pay for a sex act with a 14 year old than they are in the Midwest. So we, this is a hot spot, um, San Diego, Los Angeles, Orange County. Um, so survivor to leader, um, has personal relationships with every survivor. The director of Survivor to Leader, his name is Jim Carson, and um, we met at a group home, actually, when I was a tutor, and he was helping girls transition out of a group home, and these are girls that we know by first and last name, have a personal relationship with, and that we see their day-to-day -day struggle. We see their story. We see what they've gone through, and 95% of these girls were in the foster care system, so these are girls with out mothers without fathers and have really just been trying to survive. So very easily they have been sucked into the world of being trafficked, but that was their main way of survival. Sure. So what survivor to leader does is we look at each individual uh, story and we see what is their need. You have um, a mom of two kids who maybe just needs to pay rent or maybe needs to pay a medical bill or, needs uh, a gently used car to get to school. Every single one of these girls has their own story and we're able to provide them with support on a very individualized level. So 
whether it's a medical bill or, you know, maybe something bigger like a car, um, every, every donation that we get goes to their individualized needs and we don't have to go through a bunch of red tape to give that to them. Yeah, and that's what's great. And like I mentioned, right, that's what we love about this particular foundation, right? And and, and so if the message is to professional fighters, right, that are there would be professional fighters or guests that are coming on the podcast, right? It's like you're not dumping your money into somewhere that only a certain percentage. It's going to real people for a real cause, essentially, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I believe you had a fighter last week or the week before, and I was so excited because you and I had talked <laughs> at the beginning of COVID and then COVID had happened and I had known that your heart was in it. And, um, you know, we were talking about a partnership mm-hmm. and when we got that first donation, I had a survivor asking me, cause I knew your donation was coming and she had asked me, um, Hey, you know, are, am I going to be able to get this medical bill covered? And I confidently was able to ter- tell her yes. So as soon as I got your donation and we covered her medical bill, she was so excited. And with Christmas coming up, Um, It has been such a blessing that she doesn't have to do any extra act in order. She has a son in order to pay a medical bill in order to provide a gift for her son because she doesn't have to worry about that now. So that went directly to someone that I just saw a couple days ago who I um, I care for deeply. And because of your fighter and because of your donation, she doesn't have to worry about providing a gift for her son in a way that would put her at harm. Yeah, that's great. And I think I mentioned to you, right, I, I did circle back uh, the female fighter a couple of weeks ago with Sulem Urbina, and, and she was really touched by it. And again, right, it's, it's amazing, the fighters, when I reach out to them after um, the money, you know, a- after the donation is made, I should say, is, yeah, how ecstatic, right, how ecstatic they are. And uh, as Lo- uh, Lorenzo actually put it in his story on Instagram. So, you know, you know, so, so the, the goal, right, the objective here, and like I asked Sulem, I said, hey, you've got some homework, Sulem. I said, get us more fighters, right? Get us more fighters. Like, <laughs> you know, I said, hey, you know, being a female fighter, I'm hoping that like that resonated a little bit more, right? But I'm like, Absolutely. look, we're, we're not messing around, right? We are making right. a personal donation, right? Like right now anyways, and again, we're not, we didn't start this podcast because we're looking to put millions of dollars in our pockets. Maybe someday if we're, if we're blessed, but there's nothing coming in right now. And the only reason we're doing it is because is we know that it's making a difference in other people's mm-hmm. lives that are just not as uh, not as blessed, quite honestly. Like I said, we have four daughters, and mm-hmm. I take a look at them, and I'm like, things could easily be different, right, if they yeah. weren't growing up in a home with parents and whatnot, yeah. right? No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. And you see even the way social media is now, and even if you have you know amazing parents, with the way social media is and the pressure that we have on female teenage girls – if you're getting attention from the right person at the wrong time on social media, you could easily become a victim of sex trafficking. So it's not just girls are in foster care. However, those are the most at risk, but it's for every teenage girl, any vulnerable young child that gets the right attention and it's, Hey, meet me at a park and boom, you're wrapped into a relationship quote unquote, that becomes something that has to do with trafficking. It happens so quickly. Um, this this Christmas, we have over 55 um, wish lists, and that's including survivors and their kids. And so every donation that we have is is going to be able to provide the survivors and their kids with a Christmas. And these are survivors who are just trying to make it, who are just trying to pay rent, who are just trying to get on their feet. And so to be able to say, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to help you have a Christmas that you don't have to stress about. That's one less thing with all the trauma that they have going on with their brains. 
they don't have to worry about how am I going to get a gift under the tree. So it makes a tremendous difference. No, I appreciate that. And thanks for doing for, uh, you know, what you do. And, and I'd like that you, you know, really put the spotlight right on the fact that it's not just girls in foster care. That's why, you know, you've said it and I'll say it again. It's girls right in our backyard, right? That, yeah. that and, the, and the programs, by the way, we talked about this kind of off the podcast before, but state, I think, or federal programs you had mentioned, they almost like stop when they're 21, right? So when they're adults, they're right. almost kind of thrown into to fend for themselves, <laughs> right? Right, right. Yeah. And when you just think about the development of the brain, you know, they say that your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25. And in foster care, we used to cut them off at 18. They're babies. You know, I don't think you or I were ready for the world at 18, let alone somebody who's never had that guidance and have had multiple incidents of trauma. So even at 21, we just see major struggles. So we don't we don't have an age limit in survivor to leader. We understand that your development as a working, functioning adult takes time, and we don't put an age range on that. No, that's great. So, Christy, um, outside of, of course, all of the listeners that are going to be listening to our mm-hmm. podcast that do every week, how can folks get additional information uh, on the on your organization? Yeah, um, SurvivorToLeader.org is um, up and running, and you can see our mission. We're updating it with personal stories from the survivors. There's an Instagram, Survivor to Leader, um, and we're constantly growing as an organization. We're new, um, but we're we're powerful, and I think we're powerful because we're we don't have that red tape, and we are. Um, working directly with the survivors. So the best way to find out more is to go to the website um, and there's an email attached to that. So if anybody wants to know any more information, they can reach out to me personally. Um, Christy Boog is my Instagram or survivor to leader. And we'd love to connect with you and help you get connected with uh, supporting the survivor. That's great. So there you go, folks. And by the way, Rick, I love the fact that she says, you know, they're kind of a new or, you know, survivor leader, kind of a startup, just like us, which is what I kind of, what I kind of like, right? Yeah. It's a good partnership. You know, we're just kind of getting started in our podcast, trying to reach the masses. And here we are with somebody trying to do some good. So Christy, um, I just want to thank you, first of all, for taking the time to come on here and really provide a lot more context and, and, and color and details so that folks really understand um, of what they're making a difference. On and I also want to say, I also want to say, Rick. Remember what we said: if a fighter special guest come on, just for you coming on, Christy, we're gonna make that same donation to uh, Survivor to Leader. Okay, and you'll see that you'll see that donation this evening after we're done with the podcast. So, so you've made a difference again just by coming on. That's awesome. Thank you so so much, you guys. Excellent, and we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado, we're back. Hey, don't forget to hit us up. Got an email for us, counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com, Instagram uh, at Pacific Coast Boxing. Um, Website is still not completely up yet. Find us on iTunes, of course, Pacific Coast Boxing. Subscribe. uh, Give us a rating. It really helps. We appreciate that. So um, great discussion there, Rick, with Christy from uh, Survivor to Leader. 
Next step, of course, is hopefully we start getting a, a more influx of fighters to come on so that we can help the cause that she really did a great job, right, of really bringing some reality to mm-hmm. what it is the foundation does and how every penny goes to the intended recipient, man. No, yes, uh, you know, definitely. Um, I, I think uh, it goes to a great cause, and uh, it was very interesting listening to her. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff goes on right in our backyard. Yeah, man. You know, I, I say it all the time, right? You know, when you watch some commercials, like there's that one with the, uh, you know, the Sarah McLaughlin song mm-hmm. with the dogs and the, the animals dogs. and what's that. We've all seen it, right? And yeah. and who of us is not animal lovers, right? Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, a couple dogs. I've got three dogs, right? But yet, why don't we donate to mm-hmm. those? The reason why we don't, right? And it's just, it's a fact of the matter is we're never quite sure, right? When you enter that credit card number, what is it really going to? Yeah. You know, is it really reaching, you know, the animals or is it being layered and filtered going into pockets and then maybe a certain percentage of that goes to the actual animals, right? And so that's why this foundation, much different, it's small, it's targeted, it's focused, it's going directly to the girls, the young, you know, the young ladies that were victims of sex trafficking and it's helping them with the simple things, which I think is great, man. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. So... Let's transition over then, right? We had a um, an event. I'm going to call it an event, Rick. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, there was some fights in between, but the Tyson Jones, okay? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you right now, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll set it up for us, okay? If your expectations were low from a boxing perspective, then it delivered, okay? Yeah. The reason it delivered is that it was the okay, and let's just talk about the whole night. The whole night was entertaining, mm-hmm. okay? There were some good fights in between there, which kind of some up and comers. Nobody great, even Badu Jack, who fought this, you know, the poor journeyman, right? <laughs> who who didn't couldn't punch, right? But can obviously take a punch, mm-hmm. right? That was kind of sad to see, by the way. Um, and then there was a couple of good lightweight fights, and then of course there was the YouTube. So okay, from an entertainment perspective, and we'll get into the highs and lows, by the way. Mm-hmm. But my take is this, okay? If you were looking for entertaining evening, it delivered for forty nine bucks. You tell me. You know, when you pay for a pay-per-view nowadays, Rick, that's like seventy nine ninety five, ninety nine ninety five, right? That ends in being a snoozer. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You and don't feel you get your money's worth here for fifty bucks. I think you got your money's worth from it now, from an entertainment perspective, yeah. not from a fight perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you know, I think um, you know, we we went out together. We went to a place to go watch this, and uh, it seemed like everybody else there really enjoyed, you know, the fight. You know, but they didn't seem like. Hardcore fight fans. No, no, yeah. no. And they weren't hardcore yeah. fight fans, right? Yeah. In fact, um, they, right, some of the loudest cheers were, were for the Jake Paul mm-hmm. fight, right? Because yeah. those are the kind of people that associate, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There was even people enjoying, uh, you know, uh, um, is it Wiz Khalifa? Uh-huh. Right, you're gonna have to help me out. With yeah, the entertainers. Wiz Khalifa, YG was out there. Yes. Um, Snoop you know, at the Snoop end. Snoop at the right? end. Snoop of all the... Uh, all the acts, yeah. you know, was, was was the highlight of the evening. We're going to talk about that later yeah. on the highs and lows. I think, honestly, Snoop completely stole the show yeah. from all perspectives. Mm-hmm. All perspectives he stole the show. I tell you what, I would love to have him on the show. He's a real dude, right? Uh-huh. I, I say I, not you. I grew up in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. You'll still count. You're SoCal, right? Yeah. He didn't grow up far where I grew up. I'd love to get that dude on the show. But anyways, so... Again, okay, remember we talked about it. I even said the word. I used the word, is it a farce, right? Mm -hmm. Is it just a spectacle? It was a farce from 
a boxing match yeah. perspective. Okay, again, if your expectations were you were going to see, you know, a Mike Tyson in his prime, right? Mm-hmm. A ripped Roy Jones Jr., right? Slipping, ducking, bobbing, weaving, which he did a little bit of that. A little bit. Okay, he did a little bit of that. But if you were expecting these guys, you know, the, in their prime when we wanted to see them 20 years ago, no, then you were disappointed, mm-hmm. right? But if you went into this saying, you know what? You know, I have low expectations of fighting. Yeah. I'm just curious to see: Are they able to fight for for uh, for the ten? Was it eight rounds? I'm eight sorry, eight rounds. You know, eight, eight two, two minute two rounds. rounds. Are they able to make it? How do they look? Right? Mm-hmm. Are there points in the fight that look real? Is it contested? Right? Um, so that yeah, that would be check, check, check. Right? Yeah. Now, the one thing that this answered, hopefully, to people saying, "Geez, you know, is this you know step one in Mike Tyson's?" come back to fight for a legitimate, hopefully that was completely erased, okay? Yeah, no. There's no way, and and obviously, right, Mm -hmm. against the Roy Jones. And remember I told you, we don't know what the protocol was for this fight. We don't know Mm -hmm. if they said, hey, guys, you know, round one, right, kind of take it easy. Round two, you can go for it. Round three, you can kind of pull your punches, whatever. We don't know that. Either way, right, neither one of them look like they're ready now or will ever be ready, okay, for an actual fight, Rick. Yeah. Okay? I mean, Mike Tyson, in his nine fights, by the way, last nine fights, he was 500. Yeah. Okay? And not against name opponents. So that's one thing, hopefully, that that answered, okay? That that neither one of them are ready, and, and this is not about them actually coming back and fighting for real. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, not fighting for real. Um, either one of these two guys, you know, um, it's going to get hurt pretty badly if, if they're in there with a real guy. Um, you know, I think we even talked about it after the fight. Yeah. You know, who does Mike Tyson fight for real yeah. that he can beat? And and, and yeah. we couldn't come up with a name. Yeah, certainly nobody who's relevant. Yeah. Y- you you made a great point. We were talking about, you mentioned Andy Ruiz, right? Uh-huh. Who, you know, people, um, this, the disappointment about him being, quote unquote, out of shape. Uh-huh. Okay, we're talking about out of shape for a world-class professional fighter. Mm-hmm. He still went 12 rounds, three minutes per round, right? Uh-huh. At the highest level, right, against, you know, arguably probably the most well-conditioned supreme athlete in the heavyweight division with Anthony Joshua, Mm -hmm. right? So think about that. If Andrew Ruiz can do that for 12 rounds in three minutes, can you imagine, right, what would happen with the Mike Tyson or a Roy Jones, okay? Yeah, they they They, would both fade. They get annihilated, man. They get annihilated. Um, You know, first, you know, they would get tired. And even probably even before they got tired, they'd get caught with something and uh, and knocked out. It it would get ugly. It would yeah. get ugly. So that's my high level. Okay, from an entertainment perspective, it was a success, yeah. right? I'm not, I was not a big fan of all of the music, but I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. you something, Rick. This is gonna surprise you. I actually like the music. You actually like the music? Yeah, I did. I did. You know, the thing is, right? The reason is that what usually happens, right, um, in between fights. Especially when a fight gets, you know, there's a knockout or it's, you know, some unexpected uh, uh, early end to a fight. What well, do we get in between? Well, see, I know you were, I know you were leading up to this, but uh, yeah, you know, because we we talked about it before. Yeah, did we need 20 minutes of Ray Leonard giving us no insight? Right between right. fights? No, no, that's that's what I'm saying. And we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. But you get my point, right? Think yeah. about the, you know, whether it's the Canelo fight, you mm-hmm. know. And Kovalev and waiting, but we usually get fluff, right? Yeah. And then they start interviewing. In fact, for the Canelo and uh, Kovalev fight, I think they interviewed Robert Ori, 
Yeah. If I wasn't mistaken, uh, was it wasn't it Ori? Ori, or, or might have been Meta World Peace. Meta World it, Peace. It somebody. They were interviewing guys that knew nothing about boxing, yeah. simply for fillers. So you know what? I would rather have right planned professional entertainers, and I mean yeah. that. I don't care. The, and the, the, all of them that performed were amazing. Yeah. By the way, yeah, they were amazing. We'll get to that in the highs and the lows. But if, like, I actually like that. Yeah. And, I, no, and, no. I, and I'm old school, but I'm gonna tell you something. Triller, I think it's called, right? Uh-huh. Not Thriller, Triller. <laughs> they, they, I think, opened some eyes with maybe how boxing could be promoted and could be staged, especially during this COVID, because I thought it was cool, man. Like, the fight's yeah. done. At first, I was like, yeah, like kind of like old school, right? Mm-hmm. Old school baseball guy, right? I don't want the DH, right? Pitchers got to hit for themselves, yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, the wild card in baseball, BS, right? I'm a four-division guy. When the Braves, Dodgers, Reds all used to play in the National League West, by the way. Yeah. Right? And the Astros were there as well. But no, man, I think I actually liked it. I think if you get two or three of them mm-hmm. that are like, um, you know, in, in kind of an, on a retainer basis to say, hey, you're going to perform at some yeah. point tonight, I think that's great. Yeah. And, you know, I think probably, you know, I know they probably did this on purpose. Yeah. But you've got Snoop Dogg, who's more, you know. An artist from my era. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and then the other three or four artists were all kind of from, you know, yeah. 20 years after me. Yeah, right, right. You know, and yeah. so, you know, maybe a little bit of blend, but I think they do that on purpose to where they, they can bring in the younger fans. Hopefully they, you know. Well, they knew their target audience, yeah. Rick. If you think about yeah. it, who's going to be buying the pay-per-view for Jones and Tyson? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are guys that were relevant in the 90s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I thought they did a good job of that. So, so okay, so let, let's get to the highs and lows mm-hmm. of the night, okay, if we, if we kind of had to um, describe it that way, okay? So give me, some, give me some of your highs for the night. Some of my highs, you know, I, I did like the whole nostalgia feel of it. You've got, yeah. you know, Iron Mike Tyson coming out. Yeah. The little black shorts. Yeah. No socks. Yeah. The, 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 the black uh, sure. boxing shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and I think we said it, you know, during the thing, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. You know, you saw Roy Jones, yeah. he had the Kobe gloves on, you know, it was, you know, he had, that was a nice touch. Yeah. It was a nice touch. He had Kobe on, you couldn't really see it, but, uh, later I be- went back on Instagram and, you know, there was, uh, I think Kobe on one of the gloves yeah. and, you know, it, uh, yeah. so it, it, it was pretty awesome seeing these two guys, yeah. two legends. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it's nice to see them. You know, kind of one last time. Yeah. You know, right, where, right. Um, you know, I think leading up to it, we kind of felt, oh man, you know, hopefully. You say one last time, but that's probably not yeah, the it's, last yeah, time. Yeah, it's not but, one but last time. Ahead, but, yeah. Um, you know, it, can, it did we, feel we like one last wish. time yeah, for Roy we can, Jones. I can only wish, yeah. It did feel like one last time. Yeah, he, he, he certainly didn't seem motivated yeah. after, after <laughs> with the interview with Mike Tyson. He, he was right? tired, and, yeah. you know, it was. Uh, yeah. No, but yeah, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg. Uh, had his, uh, you know, probably sung about, you know, rapped about four or five songs right yeah. before the main event. Yeah. Um, Snoop Dogg on the uh, commentary. Yeah. You know, this is awesome. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It. Uh, I even went back and uh, they were showing, you know, because he kind of stole the he stole the night. Yeah, he did. You know, Snoop Dogg was n- you know, number one person on this. Yeah. Uh, on this card. Yeah. Um, you know, I, he, he did yeah. the same thing with the Lakers. You know, yeah. He, he got into the booth. He was with. Uh, you know, Stu Lance, you know, commentating the game. Yeah. Um, he even did a Kings game. <laughs> um, he's done uh, UFC yeah. as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's not, 
This isn't the first time he's done something like this. Yeah, and the thing is, right, is that, you know, if you know nothing about him, you would think, geez, how's mm-hmm. he doing this? The guy, first of all, right, is, mm-hmm. is a well-accomplished uh, a renaissance person, business person, yeah. entrepreneur, everything, right? Yeah. There's no dummy, I guess, if you want to keep it simple, right? This guy's no fool. Mm-hmm. Very sharp, right? Yeah. And he's a, he's a sports fan, and he's a poet, right? He's able to art- articulate his mm-hmm. thoughts, right, yeah. in, in a number of different ways. Right when the fight started, right? Within 30 seconds, what did he say? He goes, this is like my uncles, right? <laughs> fighting like, fighting at a barbecue. At a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, probably one of the greatest lines. And we'll never forget that line. Right. No no one could have described it any better <laughs> right at the beginning. No one could have described it any better than that, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm with you on that. I thought he stole the show. His performances were on point, right, uh, from when he came on before that. And his not only commentary, like I said, that one about his uncles, but then even throughout the fight, right? Mm-hmm. He was breaking it down, giving really good insight yeah. as to the fight and what they need to do. Mm-hmm. I was also watching uh, on his Instagram page, he really did get in the ring with Roy Jones Jr., Yeah, right? So I was checking that out as well. <laughs> and even then, and he was taking it serious, you know? Yeah. He, it wasn't just some, some joke, you know? Yeah. He really was going in there sparring and, and listening to the trainer, so... Hundred percent. He he was one of the highlights. No, yeah, uh, you know I loved the uh, when uh, Jake Jake Paul was fighting uh, Nate Robinson. Uh, you know he started singing. Yeah, you know then yeah. he knew the end was coming. Yeah, yeah. And he started singing. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's right. And I forget I forget all the good stuff he was talking about uh, when Nate Robinson was fighting as well. But he had some winners as well. Uh-huh. Well, see the the only part about <laughs> Snoop Dogg that you can critique. Mm-hmm. He was really one-sided. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he was definitely a homer for Nate Robinson. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. And I don't blame him. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. So was I, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, I'm a big Nate Robinson yeah. fan, basketball, right? I didn't want uh-huh. this guy. That's one of my lows, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I thought I thought Snoop Dogg was great. Yeah. Um, you know, the um, I'm trying to think of what else, uh, some I'll, of the highs. I'll, I'll give you the other highs for me that, that you haven't already covered. Uh Mario Lopez minimal uh, camera time. Minimal camera time. That, that was a high. Three minutes of yeah, camera time. Three minutes maybe. total, right? Because Tops. when when you you know when you broke the news right here on on the podcast uh-huh. that Mario Lopez was going to be hosting, I thought here we go, right? We're yeah. going to be seeing his pretty face, right, for thirty <laughs> or forty minutes, and his expert commentary yeah. because of course, right, in his mind he's a fighter, uh-huh. which he's not, right, uh-huh. um, and so. I was like, that was a high. We barely got to see him. We barely got to hear from him. Yeah. So I thought that was a high for me. Mm-hmm. I thought, honestly, and there was a high on the low, I thought the crew, right? Uh, Mauro Ronaldo, who is kind of the, he's the, he was the, he was the lead, right? He's the guy that usually does the showtime. Yeah. He's the lead commentator. I thought he was phenomenal, right? In fact, I thought he was the perfect commentator for this yeah. event, right? Because he's not this low key, you know, like die. He is a diehard boxing fan. He brings right? energy. He brings energy. Yeah. He brings different insight. Mm-hmm. He he asks great questions of his guests. Right. He puts them in a position, really, like he serves it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Gives them the alley oop. Other than Sugar Ray Leonard, he, right? He, even the UFC fighter had great insight. I was going to say he's he's on there as well. Israel yeah. uh, Adegania. Uh-huh. He was really good, man. Really good. Yeah, and I, and I liked it. By the way, again, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the high also for me, Triller. 
again yeah. for for how they produced this and getting all the people. Now there's lows as well. Don't get me yeah. we're, we're going to get to that, right? Okay. They weren't all. They they yeah. didn't get an A plus. No. Okay, but the way Triller produced it, the the commentating team, other than Sugar Ray Leonard, which uh-huh. we'll get to, um, other highs for me were Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Man, yeah. for you know for coming in. And honestly, giving us a good exhibition. Yeah. It wasn't this, you know, this grab ass, you know, right, hugging during the fight and, right, a bunch of clowning and showboating where, you know what, wait a minute, right? It was a legitimate. Now, it was not a real fight. Yeah. But it was never supposed to be a real fight. Okay. That wasn't the objective. Okay. This was hence an exhibition. Yeah. Right. No. Now, if you were looking for vintage, yeah, you know Mike Tyson yeah. and vintage Roy Jones, you just weren't going to get it. But They're that wasn't that. no. But that's yeah. what I'm saying, Rick. Yeah. Where were your expectations, yeah. right? If yeah. your expectations were where mine were at, which was, this is not a fight. Uh-huh. Let's stop calling it a fight. That's why we never broke it down as a fight. If you yeah. remember, right? Yeah. We talked a little bit about it last week, but certainly not as a real fight. It, it, and it was cool to see, you know, Roy Jones, you know, doing his whole, uh, you know. Put, put his hands behind his back. Yeah, that's you know, right. That's the patent that's Roy right. Jones right there. And and he delivered. You yeah. know, there was a couple rounds where he slipped, he ducked, mm-hmm. he made a miss, he landed his patented jab. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So so my my highs uh, are them. That you know mm-hmm. they're another high for me. The fact that they came ready and they gave it the best effort and they fought. I'm telling you, for most people, I know it's an overused saying that you don't play boxing, right? Yeah. I would challenge anybody. Go in the ring and try and spar for just three minutes. That's why they say the longest minute in your life is in a boxing ring. Okay, When you have gloves on and somebody else has gloves across from you, Rick, I'm telling you right now, man, Okay, it is the longest three minutes of your life. And for these guys to do what they did at age 51 and 54... I'm telling you, man. It's it, that's why when people watch, oh, geez, they're washed up. But so kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think you covered the rest of it. Yeah, the Snoop commentary. Like I said, I really like Mauro Ronaldo. I thought he was he was on point as yeah. usual. So those are the highs. So let's get to the lows. Oh, well, one more high. You got one more high. One, one more high. Yeah, let's see. The it highs. was good to see Michael Buffer. You know, oh, we, yeah. we hadn't seen yeah. Michael Buffer in a long yeah. time, and uh, you know, again, they good, brought him out. Great call off again. Triller, yeah, Triller for pulling all the strings, yeah. right? Pulling all the strings and getting all the key people. Of uh, the other high, which I kind of mentioned when I was talking about high level, uh, was the music. Like I yeah. said, I think that was a high. I think that that is something that boxing is going to take a look at moving forward. And, and yeah, probably the first fight of the night. Yeah, I, I, I forget the two guys' names. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, they were in the, in the lower divisions. Yeah, but uh, lightweight. Yeah, you know they 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 fought. They both it was fought Ortiz, hard. Yeah, you know, and they, yeah. and they were. Uh, it was action packed uh, fight. It was very competitive. Yeah. It was a competitive fight, and you're right. And so, like I said, I I, I love the music. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe less and more and and planned only you know before the main events. Yeah, because I'd rather see that than them trying to do a filler. Yeah, by interviewing people that don't matter and mm-hmm. then talking about boxing and just going down some rabbit hole. Let's watch an entertain. And I tell you what. That also, Rick, plays into the non-boxing fans. It says, yeah. hey, geez, we're going to get to watch. Oh, my other high, by the way. Um, phenomenal national anthem by Neil. Oh, no. Yeah. Great I mean, job. I'm not kidding. I mean, I was mm-hmm. like, you, know, you keep you see Neil and you keep thinking of tonight, right? <laughs> Got it. But damn, that guy was on point. Mm-hmm. That was one of the most beautiful renditions of the national anthem that maybe I've heard 
right? And maybe it's because of the COVID and we haven't really had the opportunity. But I think that the whole music and concert, there could be people, right, that aren't boxing fans. Uh But if they hear, hey, Wiz Khalifa and, you know, these other performers are going to be performing in this fight. They might tune in. They might tune in simply because of that. So, all right. Let's talk about the lows, Rick, because okay. there was lows. Yeah, there were definitely lows. And I got the final low when we're all done, by the way. Okay. Uh, but that final low is not uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, is it? No. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. So, it's bigger so, than Sugar Ray so, Leonard. So that we can start there? Yeah, you can start there. Go okay. ahead. Yeah. Um, it's just rough. You know, um, <laughs> You know. I think they're uh, they're going to him for yeah. expert analysis. Yeah. And, you know, hey, Al, you know, yeah. can you break this down for me? And then you tell me, you know what? It's probably too complicated for me to break down for right. you. <laughs> what? Right. What? Right. You know, like, you yeah. know, at least try, you know. The, the best the best was when Humorous. they said, you know, when he was talking about, you know, why do fighters, you know, why are they coming back, right? Yeah. Why are fighters like that? Sugar Ray. And again, right, this is, you know, Ronaldo mm-hmm. completely put setting it on a tee for uh, Leonard. Aliyup. Setting yeah. it, yeah, Aliyup, and he's setting it like, you know, chest high, yeah. right? So he's you're going to hit a line drive. Yeah. Right, he doesn't even have to try and you know get his bat, pl- you know, bat on the plane. And the question was, Sugar Ray, why did you come back? Because remember, mm-hmm. he came back when he fought Hagler in '87 was one thing mm-hmm. he beat him, but really it was but the Camacho, whatever. And L- Leonard's answer was, and I'm pretty close. He said, you know, you'd have to be me to understand that, and I'm not able to articulate it. <laughs> what in the hell? Yeah, it, at least try. You know, or get close as, as close to you can. We're, we're not you, Sugar yeah. Ray, and that's why you're here getting paid who knows what you got mm-hmm. paid to be there, but that's why he asked you because yeah. tell us, you're in their shoes, right? You did what they did, and we'd like to know why. And, and here, it, what are the chances that that yeah. question wasn't already scripted? Right, right. You know, that they didn't get tell them, hey, Roy, uh, hey, Sugar Ray, we may ask you this at, at and, some point. And how do you not have that in your in the back of your pocket yeah. anyways? Is there no preparation at all at the world? But I'll tell you, remember what we were talking about it while we were watching the five. He has not been part of a major broadcast. Yeah. He used to be back in the days. Uh-huh. And I'm talking to you back when, like, Hector Camacho was in his prime. Yeah. He, was an, he was color commentating. Um, I think he helped out on the contender, right? Yeah. But only one season. They really, right. like, right. he's not offering much. No, he's not because, again— and we're talking about Sugar Ray Leonard, the Legend. color commentator here, right? Right. But we're talking about the not the fighter. Yeah. Okay. Because we already talked about him in our first episode and the Four Kings, right? We actually had him as the king of the yeah. Four Kings, right? On all of his accomplishments. But we're talking about him as a color commentator. Yeah. Absolutely a low for the night, right? No yeah. business being there. And I think, again. To- totally overshadowed by Snoop. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and by the way. Else. Thank God yeah. that Snoop was there to bail them out. To bail him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or Bec- that would be the that would be the big topic, right? Right. Now. Right. So yeah. So so great great job. So I I got you. That's one low. What yeah. else do you got? Um. You know, I I felt like uh, when they did go to the real highlight yeah. reels and everything. Yeah. Everything they did like three for Mike Tyson. Yeah. They did not one for Roy Jones. Yeah. I think they even queued it up and they were gonna go. We're gonna show you the Roy Jones yeah. uh, highlights. Yeah. They never got to it. It's yeah. almost like they were trying to find some. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because so it was very clear, right, what this was all about. Yeah. Because here's the thing, right? At you know, at the same time, they know that Mike Tyson is ultimately mm-hmm. the one that sells tickets, right? Yeah. He's the name, right? Mm-hmm. If two guys were walking down the street, I think somebody was saying the uh 
the uh, Israel, right? Aragonia, the guy who was the yeah. color con, he was saying that UFC events, when Mike Tyson's in the arena, everybody knows it. Yeah. Right? Probably not the same for Roy Jones Jr. No, and Roy Jones yeah. had a better career than Mike that, Tyson. Okay, that's what I was going to say. That being said, right, yeah. as a fighter and their legacy, Roy Jones is far and above Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. right? And, and so I thought that they did him a disservice. I totally agree with you. By not at least showing some clips, right, of how Roy Jones Jr. got it. It's not like Mike Tyson was just, like, fighting a no one. And Roy Jones has tons of highlights. It's not like you have to dig and, you know. Middleweight championship, super middleweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight. It goes on and on. Mm -hmm. And yet when they would cut to Mario Lopez, the pretty boy, it was always like when Mike Tyson was 19. And trained with Customato, right? (laughs) Actually, I'm I'm making my voice too too deep for him. He doesn't have the base I do, Rick. <laughs> yeah, no. You know? Yeah, he doesn't have that. But, um, and always, Tyson, and you're waiting. You're waiting. I say, okay, next one, we're going to start to delve into Roy Jones Jr. Uh-huh. and how he got here and why, you know, this event is what it is. Because I'll tell you, let's be honest, this pay-per-view, I don't know what the numbers are, but it doesn't do as well if no. Mike Tyson is fighting, right? No. Whoever, and, and, and you know? And just by the, uh, the, the Grant. Payouts. Right. The payouts for this fight. Mike yeah. Tyson made 10 mil. Yeah. Roy Jones made three. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. And, you know, at least there wasn't a big fight over who's the A side, who's the B side. You know. Yeah. I've got to make this. I've got to make that. And Yeah, because let's know. face it. And, you know, from that perspective, right, Roy Jones is not going to fight for uh, – he's not going to get a $3 million yeah. fight. No. Against anyone. So – yeah, I agree. That was one of the lows. They could have. I get. I get that it was very lopsided as far as who the A and the B side is. Mm-hmm. But you still could have shown my man a little bit more respect. Yeah, he's earned it. No, yeah, definitely. You know, it, like they, it, it's almost like they were unprepared. Like, yeah, they didn't know that they were going to have to go to a Roy Jones yeah. highlight clip, right? And yeah. they didn't have it. Yeah. So, um, agreed. you know, there was also some technical issues. You know, I think a lot of the times the uh, they they threw up the punch stat numbers. Yeah. And uh, it was either blank or it yeah. was, you know, yeah. Roy Jones landed one out of 40 punches. Right. And then the percentage was 45%. Right. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, there's no way that it's that. So the yeah. numbers were off. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah that, and that's just some technical difficulties yeah. from. And yeah, the thing is, right, this is just me, right? This is why I need to get in the boxing business because I can help people. You wonder, they they do a dry run of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you don't do that, right? You don't mm-hmm. try that for the first time live. No. You know what I mean? Like, did they have all of that in tune? And it's almost like it's called you do a pilot, Rick. It's like, hey, let's do a pilot. Yeah. Right? Let's go ahead and run it as if the fight was taking place, right? Let's enter in uh, uh, punches, right? And let's see if we can get it on screen. Yeah. That's what you do. I doubt they did because if they did, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Somebody tried it. Hey, do you see it? Yeah, we can see it on the screen. It's an, Okay, what, fine. Yeah. But they, they do it all live mm-hmm. with all the cameras going and everything you know, n- probably not. Probably not. Yeah, you you got to really kick the tires on that on technology. Otherwise, it's going to kick you in the butt. But you know, th- this is all little stuff that you know they're probably going to get better at the more they do these yeah. and, they, and they figure it out. Yeah. Um, the other part was, and I I did go to the restroom. You know, one time during the night. Yeah. They might have done this. Yeah. Did they show us the celebrity judges? You know, no, they first, never showed the celebrity judges. So how do we know that they was actually there? Yeah, and so that that leads me to to the other one of my lows, right? Which is the judging. Yeah. Right. Okay. Here's the thing, and there's even I was reading an article where they said, look, it was kind of like it was predetermined uh-huh. that it was going to be a draw. Then don't give us this. Yeah. 
this you know the, this farce, this facade that we have three judges. Okay, yeah. we never saw when they announced them. And we talked about it last week. What a, what an odd group, right? Yeah. Dawson, Christy Martin, and Vinny Paz. Yeah, we never saw them. Never saw them. The, and the scoring was. I mean, look again. It wasn't a real fight, uh-huh. and that's the whole thing that I think that in hindsight. They probably do that different and say, hey, look, there is no scoring because you don't score an exhibition. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like in softball for saying, hey, we're playing a friendly, right? You don't you technically don't keep score because it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. You're batting the same girl multiple innings. If a girl gets hit by a ball, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So they shouldn't have done the judging to begin with. Yeah. I think they screwed up, right? And hence why you saw, you know, the lopsided, you know, Vinny Pazienza scoring every round for Jones and mm-hmm. You know, Dawson somehow coming up with the draw and then Christy Martin for Roy Jones. Um, they just they shouldn't have done any scoring period. Yeah. They tried yeah. to bring, you know, legitimacy to it. This, you know, that's like, hey, it's a but they didn't realize we didn't care. We all knew it wasn't a real fight. And, and then they're it was not an even, exhibition. And then not even show us the judges that they're even there. Like right. they could have just picked three names. That's right. Could you know, yeah, may as well give us anybody. But at that yeah, point. you know, why why wasn't Julio Cesar Chavez? I was senior? about to say Julio Cesar, they're, right. They're yeah, why not? Scoring the fight. Right, right. And not. never show us. Right. Just show us his name. Yeah, we don't even yeah, we don't even know they were yeah. there. They couldn't have been there, right? Yeah. You know. So no, that I have that as one of my lows, Rick. Uh-huh. I have that there that the judging just just don't do it, right? Yeah. Just don't judge. It's okay. Again. We understand this was not a real fight. We understand this was all about entertainment. There was other fights that there were professional sanctioned judges that were there paid to to, to score the fight. Not this one. It's an exhibition. It's one of those. You know what they could have even done? They could have even done like a poll for charity, right? Like, you Uh, know what I mean? Some survey. Hey, you know, dial in or whatever, right? And choose a fighter and, you know, something like that, right? The, the the whole thing mm-hmm. was kind of weird, you know. In, in mm-hmm. they had the referee get them both to the middle of the ring, yeah, and he grabs their hands because he's gonna, you know, yeah. show that it was yeah. a draw. Yeah, and the next the, thing you know, and, right? And then they never do it. Right, it, it, it kind of breaks apart. Right, and then they go up the ramp, and then they're talking yeah. to Jim Gray. It was disorder. That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Remember, I told you about the pilot and and running that through uh-huh. right? the rehearsal, mm-hmm. right? They didn't do that. Yeah. They didn't fully execute that, and you know, no. And isn't it crazy, right? An event this big. That the marquee event of the whole evening, they didn't quite run through. No. You know, when you do, you know, I don't know if it's a wedding, right? Mm-hmm. You do the pre-walk, right? Holy Communion, whatever it is, right? You kind of yeah. go through the motions and say, hey, here's how you're going to walk into the to the church, right? You're going to go this way, that You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They didn't do that. And they should have said, here's what we're going to do after the fight, right? Because this is an exhibition. It's not a regular fight. Both of you go over there with Jim Gray, but again, because they shouldn't have scored the fight. They should yeah. have just said, guys, it's an exhibition. There is no scoring, right? You the yeah. fans you the fans won by watching two legends, yeah. right? And watching all these other fights and watching and you know being entertained. Yeah. So they screwed up on that. Are you ready for my the biggest low? Yeah, what was your biggest low? Biggest low was the sport of boxing, Rick. Yeah. And I said this before, right? If this is what we're down to, right? Yeah. This is what we're down to. You and I spending 20, 30 minutes talking about a Roy Jones, Mike Tyson pay-per-view. What does that say about the state of boxing? Yeah. Rick? Yeah. It says that it sucks that this is the, the most we can talk about, right? Yeah. We're not talking about Crawford and Spence. We're not talking about Mikey Garcia and Manny Pacquiao. We're not talking about Josh Warrington mm-hmm. fighting somebody of no. We're not talking about, you know what I'm saying? We're not talking about... Fury uh, fighting um, a Wilder, right, mm. in in the rubber match. No. So boxing loss, Rick. 
Yeah. If this is the best that we had over the weekend, think about it, right? Mm -hmm. Overshadow the, you know, Rosado and Jacobs fight, right? Two real fighters. Mm -hmm. But that's that's the biggest loser, Rick. Boxing and all the real fight fans who deserve better. But instead, we get the garbage with all of the sanctioning bodies, with the diamond championship, the super championship, the... Everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Fighters ranked number two in one div- in one uh, uh, sanctioning body, same division, and not ranked in another. The IBF not ranking the number one or number two. That's who loses, man. Boxing and all this. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, and that's the other part of that. This is, is this is probably going to be Mike Tyson already said he's going to plan on doing these every two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the moving forward, right? That that's a good good segue to to like close this t- close this one, and that's gonna get old, right? Because mm-hmm. and, and by the way, you know, uh, George Foreman weighed in and said uh, that Tyson, if he continues to train and takes this serious, he's he can be on his way to a real championship. Come on, uh, yeah, give me a break. It's, it's, Tyson's it's, talking about hey, maybe bringing in Holyfield or whatever. It's it, here, but here's the thing. Like I just said. They'll do it because you know why? More people will buy this. Somebody will pay for it. Yeah. What are the chances? I'll tell you right now, right? What are the chances that this pay-per-view does better than the Danny Garcia and Spence Jr. fight coming up on Saturday? I, I think it's going to. You know, I think I think price-wise, I mean. you know, uh, 75 bucks for, you know, not too many, you know, marginal boxing fans yeah. know an Earl Spence. You know, they— Definitely don't know Danny Garcia. This is when, you know, the PBC, right, who basically refuses to fight anybody outside of the PBC, right? Mm-hmm. This is when we lose. We yeah. get these sort of, again, spectacles and events that we call, quote-unquote, boxing. Oh, one more thing, one more thing. The other low, for me, the damn Jake Paul and uh, Nate Robinson fight, uh-huh. that's a joke, right? Yeah. Um, I told you when the fight started, right? Remember what I told you? This guy Jake Paul's going to beat him. Why? Because Jake Paul has actually been training as a fighter for more than a year, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, he would get absolutely annihilated. So, you know, of, of course, he's going to do his job and do with the whole propaganda machine for himself. He fights a real fighter. Even the guy that Badu Jack completely obliterated, uh-huh. that was another low, by the way, right? That guy had no business being in there with a world-class fighter like Badu Jack. So that's another low. And it did Triller. look like Badu Jack was trying to get him out of there, but he just couldn't. And that might he, be just... He couldn't because he doesn't hit yeah. very hard. That's yeah. not what he does. Instead, we saw this poor guy, 13-0, club fighter, just get... Compl- Honestly, uh-huh. that's just like... It, 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 it was a public you know, uh, you know, know, beatdown, yeah. right? It was a public beatdown, and we just watched it go on for eight rounds, right? Yeah. Can't have that in boxing, man. No different than... So this is, again, we're talking about the lows. We've given... We got to talk both sides. Same with the, uh, the Paul... You made a you made a comment I think off podcast talking about Tarver saying you know the sanctioning mm-hmm. bodies right sh- uh, should be uh, there should be lawsuits or something filed against anybody who sanctions that fight yeah the, he needs to fight an experienced boxer he um, does he needs to fight an experienced boxer because you saw what happened you know again it's overused you don't play boxing you know you saw what Nate Robinson was doing yeah running at him lunging okay as if it was a layup drill. Yeah. Okay. There's not a layup drill. It's a punching drill. Yeah, and you're gonna get caught on the running in. And he did. Yeah. And he got caught by the way. It was not a clean, crisp punch. Yeah. Okay. Since when is a clean, clean, crisp punch 
the fighter in this case, Paul, having his face down, yeah. looking at the canvas and and wildly throwing a roundhouse right. Yeah, that's a street fight. That being said, Paul has been trained and spends a lot of time in the gym. This was like complete lopsided. It's unsafe. It's not real boxing. Have those on the side. Have those in somebody's backyard, mm-hmm. right? Some celebrity, whatever, right? Yeah. But and, don't make them real boxing matches, and, man. And, and get them the headgear. You know, get them. You know. Yes. Don't send them in there like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're going to sanction uh, uh, Yeah, Nate Robinson. You're ready. You're a pro fighter. That's the other low. Totally ridiculous. Um, I would like to see. Go ahead, Paul. Fight. In fact, fight that guy that Badu Jack beat. Yeah. I bet that guy beats him. He probably, he probably yeah. He will beat him, yeah. in fact. I'll tell you why I'll beat him, because he's in better shape and better conditioning than he is mm-hmm. after 13 fights. And he would. You know, and if a professional fighter couldn't get him out of there, you know. Jake Paul's going to have to go eight rounds. Yeah, you know, he wouldn't get him out of there. And yeah. they're about the same weight, by the way. They yeah. were both 175. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go, man. Wow. Yeah. I guess we had to break it down because it was that big an event for people. So anyways, folks, there's other boxing that took place. A lot of boxing news to get caught up on. We're going to talk about the uh, Garcia Spence Jr. Give our take. Rick has not given his lock of the week. No, no, we're getting there. Which almost... Almost, yeah. right? Didn't come to fruition with the Gabriel Sato and Daniel Jacobs. <laughs> so Pacifico's Boxing Folks will be right back. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Whew. It's a lot of time on a non-real boxing event, Rick. Yeah, no. it uh, You know, but it just, you know, those are a couple of uh, boxing legends, and I think that's, uh, you know, the big reason why. Well, you're right. So you're right. And, right, obviously, based on, you know, all of the feedback and all the buzz and stuff on social media, right, mm-hmm. it was a big event. Two boxing legends. Yeah. So we had to do it uh, a little bit of justice. But what else went on in the world of boxing, Rick? Uh, well, we also had the uh, Daniel Jacobs 12-round um, split decision over uh, Gabe Rosado. Yeah. Um, you know, watch this one. Uh, you know, definitely a close fight. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the the worst part about the fight was uh, the announcer, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He, when when he Steve yells Harvey, out. Huh? Yeah, when when he yells out <laughs> from Philadelphia, you know, and Gabriel Rosado's celebrating, they're all celebrating. Yeah. Then he says, "From Brooklyn, from New Brooklyn, York." Yeah, I think he said out of Brooklyn too. He out of Brooklyn, say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't know he it tried was, to yeah, clean Brooklyn, it up. Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and, and already it was it was just, uh, yeah, it's bad, yeah. you know, because yeah, you have a guy celebrate, you know, this is a grudge match. There's been a lot of bad blood. Yeah, and to make him think. You know, hey, you won the fight. Yeah. You know, you didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a terrible look. You know, Rosado, you know, was really excited. He just thought he just won that fight. Yeah. Then they switched it over to Jacobs. Um, neither one of them really did enough to win this fight. It could have probably gone either way. But in a fight like this, you know, the A side's going to get the decision. You know, and of course, you know, my lock of the week. Yeah. I think... Probably <laughs> swayed the judges to yeah. go one way. Yeah, Could you know have. they were like they probably felt you know hey this is the this is 
Rick's lock of the week. There had to be one of them. You never know. I didn't know, think about that. And that's, so that's a good angle. You you already start it, with the lock of the week. Yeah. You start up yeah. two rounds. Yeah, that's right. Before the fight even starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, uh, agreed with everything you said. Yeah. I mean, you talk about being emotionally devastating, man. Mm-hmm. You know, right? To hear your name called, especially, you know, because of how the fight went and the ebbs and flows of the 12 rounds, mm-hmm. like, Nobody was surprised. Like when they said out of Philadelphia, I wasn't like, you know, holy smokes. I was like, yeah. wow, a little, right? Yeah. A little, but I'm like, yeah, well, you know, he, he, I could see it. So yeah, that sucked. And I hope that the judge or not the judge, but the announcer, I hope they apologize. You hope they even send him something monetarily to make it right and say, yeah. hey, man, we, because really, man, you think about that, that's playing with somebody's emotions. Yeah. No. Right. You saw on the Instagram, you know, Gabe Rosado has his, you know, uh, has his hands raised, and mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. As far as the fight itself, here's the thing, okay? Because um, Gabe Rosado, of course, is going all out on social media about how he, he was ducking, slipping, jabbing, mm-hmm. executed his game plan, which I agree, right? He did. He he did phenomenal. He executed his game plan, right? He didn't go out there and give us the you know the the war that we're used to seeing out of yeah. Gabe Rosado, which he was smart because if he would have, I think then Jacobs would have capitalized on that. So, but just because you um, executed your game plan doesn't mean that you're the victor of the fight, Rick. Okay. Yeah. It just means that you were successful in executing the strategy that was needed, right, to be implemented in order for you to have an opportunity to win. That doesn't mean that you actually won the fight just because you executed your strategy. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that either fighter did enough to win. Okay. Yeah. I think that the fair decision would have been a draw. Yeah, and they should have. That's one of those I hate to say. If that's one of those that they kind of look around, right, mm-hmm. and say, you know, give each other the old nod and the wink to say, hey, you know, find a way to make this a draw, because and, Jacobs did not do enough to win, but yeah. ne- but neither did Rosado. And here, here, here are the punch stat numbers. Yeah, um, final punch bat, uh, punch stat numbers. Um, Jacobs landed seventy eight punches out of three hundred thirty nine. Yeah, Rosado landed. Seventy-eight punches. Yeah, but through five hundred and forty-nine. Right. You know, so right. Rosado was definitely the busier fighter, yeah. maybe not the more effective fighter. Yeah. Um, but you can see if they're landing the same amount of punches, this could have been a close fight. Yeah. You know, yeah. so either way it goes, neither guy has the. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe this. Yeah, and you could see right away, right, that Rosado was throwing a lot more jabs as he normally does, right? Uh-huh. And and again, kudos to him and his camp right which of course was the great freddie roach mm-hmm. they put together a, 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 a an excellent game plan right a very effective yeah. game plan to try and neutralize what daniel jacobs was going to do now daniel jacobs's fight plan no idea mm-hmm. yeah. no idea what his fight plan was right <laughs> yeah. follow him around every once in a while throw punches no idea Unless and, unless it was yeah. be as boring as possible yeah. so that he can't get a big fight after right. this fight. Yeah, yeah, then then the, it was yeah, then he did executed it. M- perfectly. mission accomplished yeah. because it's like at some point, man, make an adjustment. Yeah. Right? Making it you could see, right, by the fourth round, fifth round, that Gabriel Sato was not fighting the regular quote unquote Gabriel Sato type uh-huh. fight. He was there to try and outbox, which was smart. So you make an adjustment. You know what you do, Rick, in that situation? You turn it into a slugfest. Yeah. Because you know what? 
Daniel Jacobs has the heavier hands, right? Has the better chin. He took out Peter Quillen in one round, right? Mm-hmm. He's beaten the better opposition. He beat Sergei Derevchenko, right? Yeah. Again, knocked out Quillen in one round. Uh, lost a you know close and questionable decision to Triple G, right? Mm-hmm. Went the twelve rounds with Canelo, who I think he lost to Canelo, but there were some rounds where you know he definitely won his share of rounds, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a guy who's fought a lot better competition or just as good and has beaten them, right? Mm-hmm. Gabe Rosado, right? They said it during the Calicast, kind of on that, and it's a little disrespectful, but in that journeyman, gatekeeper, etc., yeah. can't seem to buy a decision his way. Yeah, so if I'm Daniel Jacobs, by about the fifth or sixth round, wreck, you switch gears, yeah. okay? And you start pressing the action, and you force Gabe Rosado to start fighting like Gabe Rosado. Yeah, no, I think, and and that would have made it for you know a more exciting fight. You know, he wins that fight now. Now he's kind of in the driver's seat. You know, maybe, maybe he can get a you know Charlo to to come up and wait and or meet at a catch weight or he, yeah something. But right now, you know, he's nobody's looking to fight him. You know, it, yeah, it was, he he did nothing yeah. to harp to help his marketability, right? Yeah, zero, right? In fact. It's one of two things I was thinking about it. Or did he help by some of these guys saying, geez, you know? I can take him out. Yeah, now I can take him out. Yeah, go ahead and schedule Jacobs, right? It's a name, right? But either way, even if that's what it did, and even if it opened some of future opponents' eyes Mm -hmm. to say, geez, I wasn't thinking about fighting him because he's kind of the boogeyman, right? Doesn't have a title. Why would I fight him? Either way, it's going to lower what his his purse would have been. Yeah, he floors Rosado and takes him out. Right, it doesn't matter if it's a ninth and tenth round, right? Which a lot of fighters have done. You know? that, and, and that's the thing. Again, kudos to Rosado. He had a game plan. He mm-hmm. stuck to it. But Rosado was never forced to change. Right? Yeah. J- Jacobs never pressed the issue to force uh, a Rosado right to make adjustments, and that's what you have to do. He just kind of went along as a willing dance partner. So, all right, well, if you're going to box and throw jabs, I guess I'll do the same. Some was wrong, and maybe something will come out talking about it was a new trainer. I don't like his new trainer, by the way. I don't like, um, not personally, I don't know the guy. Yeah. I'm saying I don't like the advice he was giving him. Uh-huh. Too calm, right, yeah. in the corner. You know, where's Angelo Dundee when you need him? Uh, yeah. uh, you know, against uh, uh, Sugar, against Marvin, Mar- uh, against uh, Tommy Hearns when he said, you're blowing it, son. Remember uh-huh. that? Said, you're blowing it, right? Yeah, and and it was all hey everything's great just relax in there <laughs> screw the relaxing you know uh-huh. you got to go in there and beat his ass yeah you got to go in there and start throwing leather like Espe- hey man you're making this guy look right yeah especially he had to have known that the fight was close like Mantequilla yeah he's yeah, well, making him look like you know like one of the greatest boxers like Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. right all of a sudden it's like you're not in here against Sweet Pea <laughs> or Roy Jones this is Gabe Rosado yeah right force the issue. But every round, it was the same, you know, you're doing great, you know, just relax. <laughs> you may want to try at some point. It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? You stop and you say, hey, man, it's time to fight. Yeah, well, It's time to turn this into a fight. Unfortunately, maybe, uh, you know, Jacobs is at the point of his career where he just wants the yes man, uh, corner guy. Where yeah, he's going to tell him everything he wants to hear. I don't know. See, now that's a guy, right? Wilder fires, you know, yeah. uh, Mark Breland, right? Uh-huh. That's a scissors situation. Where, you know, he's just such a nice guy. Dan, by the way, Daniel Jacobs, miracle man. Amazing yeah. human being, right? Yeah. Nice guy for all we know. And he really is. 
but this is one that he turns around and says, "Hey, man, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you you led me the wrong way." Yeah, right. Somebody didn't because I would have. They had they was you know like like a, a wrestling. Mm-hmm. He needed like the hot tag. Yeah, you know the hot tag to a new trainer in the corner, <laughs> right? To come in. Yeah, you know the the hot tag. The guy comes in and just cleans up shop. Uh-huh. The same punches that did nothing earlier. Now the guys with drop kicks and everything. Mm-hmm. Same thing. He needed the tag team to a new trainer to come in and say, "Okay, man, this isn't working." Yeah. But no, anyways, uh, it, yeah, it just uh, neither guy really Im- impressive. Um, kind of a snooze fest. Um, the other fight, um, big fight of the weekend was uh, Joe jo- jo- Joe Joyce uh, yeah, knocking out um, Daniel Dubois. Yeah, what a fight! Um, you know, each uh, and Joyce was a thirty-five um, year old underdog, right? You know, I think it was uh, plus three twenty. Yeah. And, um, you know, he just yeah. kept pumping him with that jab. Not huge, though. Remember I told you that's yeah, not huge. Shoot 20's not huge. But uh, I think, you know, he was definitely, uh, you know, the underdog. And, uh, you know, he kept pumping that jab in, into uh, Du Bois' uh, left eye. And yeah. eventually, you know, he, he just uh, he took a knee in the 10th and, yeah. um, you know, didn't want to get up. Uh, I guess he had a fractured orbital bone. Right. And they're worried that he could have uh, nerve damage in there. Yeah, it's one of those things, right, that you you live the fight another day. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of folks, depending on who you read, are questioning, right, whether or not he could have continued, should have continued. Yeah. Listen, we don't know what we don't know, right? We don't know what would have happened if he'd have stayed in there, right? Yeah. He's young enough. What is he, 23 years old, I think, right? Yeah. Um, 23 or 20, maybe 25. Yeah. yeah. The, the, okay. And, and okay, now, does this set his career back? You bet it does, mm-hmm. right? Because he was right there, right? He was right on the cusp. Um, I mean the uh, the WBO had him ranked number two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they pretty much had him in line. Right? WBC number seven, you know as well. Yes, WBC number seven. So he's top ten heavyweight. Probably not anymore. Even no. though there's not a lot of heavyweights. Yeah, he was knocking on the door right to a championship fight. Probably going to take him another two to three fights. Yeah, unfortunately, to get back to that level. Uh, with as far as Joe Joyce is concerned, the 35-year-old phenom model, uh-huh. all of a sudden, man, congratulations and what a performance. Yeah, and right? he's, and he's uh, in three of the sanctioning bodies, he was right outside of the uh, top 10. Yeah, not now, anymore. Now he'll jump in. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, 11, right? 11 on the WBO, 11 on the WBC. A couple more wins, maybe a title yeah. fight. Yeah, well, at this yeah. point, too, right, what he did for himself is he secured, if he's got a good management company mm-hmm. and a promoter, he secured himself, Rick, a pretty good payday. Yeah. Because now he's got a name, uh, what is he, 16-0 and 0 now or 12-0? and 0? He didn't have a lot of fights. No, uh, now he's 12-0. Uh, 12-0, and 0, right. So now he's 12-0, and 0, mm-hmm. and he's beaten who many considered, right? He's on, this guy was on the cover, Dan Dubois covered of a ring magazine as one of the you know yeah. young up-and-coming fighters. Uh, so yeah, this was a big deal, and and I like it by the way. I like seeing when a thirty five year old right comes through and takes care of business, and he just secured himself a, a pretty decent payday. Yeah, because he he now is a name. No, yeah, definitely. You know, I think in 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 a heavyweight division that's you know doesn't have a ton of names. No, it doesn't. Know? And quite honestly, yeah. I'd love to see I'd love to see Joe Joyce against an Andy Ruiz, mm-hmm. right? Um. What about an Usyk, right? An Usyk, uh, you know, um, a Louis Ortiz. Yes, yes. And he's calling out a lot of guys, too. Yeah. Joyce is all of a sudden calling out. He's calling out Chisora, uh-huh. right? So he's calling out quite a few. He Derek probably Ch- wants the winner of uh, 
uh, Dillian White and uh... yeah, so gosh, yeah, <laughs> the Eliminator, the Eliminator. Yeah, you know, hopefully there's no, uh, you know, Dillian White. You know, yeah, he wins the next one. That way we don't get a third fight. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, that was pretty much for for this weekend. Um, yeah. You know, we got some big fights coming up this weekend with the boxing schedule. You know, NBC's got their Thursday night fights. Uh, Brandon Adams, um, you know, will be on that card in the main yeah. event. Um, on Friday, we've got uh, Billy Joe Saunders, Martin Murray. Yeah. Uh, and then Which the is a pretty good fight, by the way. Yeah. Pretty you know, good fight. It'll be interesting. You know, we haven't seen Billy Joe Saunders, right? Um, mm-hmm. Look phenomenal against Claude Lemieux. Yeah, I probably got the name wrong. Claude Lemieux uh, was a hockey player. <laughs> David Lemieux, sorry. David Lemieux. By the way, Claude Lemieux was a dirty player who who dropped the gloves and fought as well. So. Yeah. But um, but then after that, remember uh, Billy Joe Saunders kind of had some issues, right? Mm-hmm. Stupid things he said, uh, got suspended, etc. So it's been a while since we've seen him because he looked phenomenal, mm-hmm. lefty, right? Yeah. Unorthodox, uh, good fighter. So that's going to be a good fight. It'll be interesting to see how he looks. And you know, if if he wins this one, you know, and Canelo meets uh, wins his next fight, there's a possibility that Billy Joe Saunders is the next fight for Canelo. Yeah. So, um, you know, it uh, he's got a lot on the line there. Yeah, we talked about the uh, the super middleweight division and how yeah. a lot of that's going to come to fruition and then, after these uh, next fights. You know, but the the big pay per view fight, um, it's actually Fox pay per view. I think I mentioned Showtime yeah. pay per view earlier. Earl Spence versus Danny Garcia for Spence's IBF and WBC welterweight titles. Yes, and I'll tell you what, Rick. Let's take a quick break, okay? And then let's come back and, and, and let's let's kind of break that fight down a bit, okay? And give you our take, talk about the odds, where the money's at, and what we think is going to happen. Pacific Coast boxing, folks. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz back with Rick Prado. All right, Rick, so biggest fight this weekend. And really, right, um, with everything going on, like I said earlier with COVID and whatnot, this is a big fight. Big fight. These are two big names, right? These are two, you know, uh, one is a current, the other one's a former. So, of course, we're talking about Earl Spence uh, Jr. against Danny Garcia. So let me just give you a quick few numbers, right, just a little mini tail of the tape here. Earl Spence Jr., 26-0, okay, uh, 30 years old, 5'9 and a half, almost, uh, almost 5'10, 72-inch reach, okay, mm-hmm. against Danny Garcia. He's 32 years old, so a couple years older. None of these guys, in boxing terms, spring chickens, no. okay, yeah. right? But I would say that age-wise, Spence would be considered probably still in the prime of his career, mm-hmm. with the exception, of course, he's coming off of that, you know, um, the car wreck. Major, yeah, yeah, major accident in the vehicle. Uh, Danny Garcia's 5'8", okay? So he's a little shorter. Um, 68 and a half inch reach. So height, reach, um, Spence. Spence, of course, is uh, is lefty, which also, right, throws a different wrinkle into it. So from a physical perspective, all of the, uh, all of the advantages to Earl Spence Jr. Record-wise, um, Danny Garcia, thirty-six and two, with with twenty-one knockouts. By the way, um, uh, Earl Spence, twenty-six and zero, with twenty-one 
knockouts, okay? So physically, okay, all things being equal, it would be Earl Spence, right? Yeah. A couple years younger, taller, longer reach, the bigger fighter. But, of course, we've got Earl Spence Jr. coming off the accident, which is the only reason, I think, why the fight is, you know, some people it puts it a little bit in the gray area. From a money perspective, mm-hmm. um, not that bad, by the way. Uh, uh, Earl Spence favored, okay, at minus 485, which means you got to lay down $485 to win 100. Danny Garcia at plus 410. Yeah. Okay, so i got to bet 100 to win, and I'll win 410. So not astronomical numbers, mm-hmm. okay? The Jacobs and Rosado, your lock of the week, which were much more lopsided yeah. than that one. So so that's the tail of the tape. So here's the question going into that fight. Is Earl Spence Jr. truly recovered from the accident, and is he ready? Because outside of the accident, okay, if I were to tell you, right, that didn't happen, we're saying Garcia's got no shot. Yeah. Right. And and, and it, it would be a really tough sell for it's probably already a tough sell for pay per view. But uh, I think the accident's the only thing that kind of makes this thing closer. You've got Danny Garcia. He's got two losses. Um, one to uh, Sean Porter. Right. Um, the other one to um, Keith Thurman. Yeah. Where's two losses? And uh, yeah, you know, both I, champions, right? Both yeah. champions. Maybe, you know, questionable decision against Mauricio Herrera mm-hmm. in his, uh, you know, fight in Puerto Rico. So, you know, with, with Spence being, you know, the, the lefty as well, with the reach, you know, I think he's just going to stay on the outside. You'll probably pepper him all night. Yeah. Um, you know, my feeling is unanimous decision anywhere from eight rounds to four, nine rounds to three, somewhere in there. Yeah, I've always felt, right, that uh, Danny Garcia's best weight was at 140. Mm-hmm. I still don't buy Danny Garcia the welterweight, yeah. right? And I do buy the fact that he is an excellent fighter, world class. But I personally like Danny Garcia at 140. And by the way, I would love to, even after this fight, mm-hmm. okay, I would still love to see him, you know, with the uh, Jose Ramirez, the, uh, you know, Regis Progress, Josh Taylor, those those guys. Yeah. I still think he can compete at that um, because that's where he had some of his best fights, okay? Uh, you know, his first fight moving up to welterweight, by the way, I think it was against, uh, I think it was against, oh, uh, not, was a catchweight, may have even been, not, by, by the way, he fought Pauli Malinaji, okay, yeah. back in 2015. But I think it was against the ghost Robert Guerrero back in 2016. That was his first welterweight fight, okay? Yeah. I remember the two dads going at it. That's right. Yeah. So, his losses that you mentioned, right, uh, against, you know, Keith Thurman and Sean Porter, they both came at the welterweight division, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he has never lost at less, okay, than 147 pounds. Yeah. Think about that, right? So that's a big deal. So he doesn't carry, in my opinion, and just based on his record, right, he's not the same fighter at 147. Yeah, he's no. just not. I think that his normal weight and where he's at, that's why... I give Earl Spence Jr. the advantage. Earl Spence Jr. is the bigger natural heavyweight. Now, I don't think this is going to be a uh, Mikey Garcia-type fight, mm-hmm. right? Because Mikey Garcia, again, right? All the credit to him for coming up and daring to be great, mm-hmm. right? But Mikey Garcia, kind of like Roberto Duran, right? Yeah. I would say if you were to say where was Mikey Garcia best at, 135 uh-huh. by far, yeah. right? But there he goes up to 140, 147. 
Danny Garcia's best weight is at 140. So Danny Garcia is only moving up one weight division. And unlike Mikey Garcia, who really only had the one fight at 147, uh-huh. Danny Garcia's already had about four or five fights at the 147-pound weight uh, division. Right? Yeah. So that's the difference, right? Yeah. Is that he's got that. But that being said, okay, I've got Spence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't think it's going to be a knockout because that's just not what um, Earl Spence Jr. does. Yeah. That was the case. Why didn't he try and take Mikey Garcia out? Mm-hmm. He's not going to try. He's not going to take risks. And he's certainly not going to take risks after coming off the accident. No. But, you know, y- you've made a point, right? Is that would they put, would PBC really put, um, Spence Jr. in a fight where he's at risk of losing his championship. Yeah, I don't believe so. I think uh, if if Earl Spence wasn't close to 100%, you would have seen him in a in a Pacquiao fight. You might have seen him in a, a Crawford fight. Uh, more than likely the Pacquiao fight because that would have gotten him the most money um, and, and he would have cashed out and been done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. That's why I think that, you know, okay, again, devastating accident Mm -hmm. but physically he's been cleared yeah okay you know what i'm saying so it's not like he's coming out unless they're unless they're not disclosing Mm -hmm. everything right yeah but you know we're not hearing that his shoulder's injured his hand or nothing we're hearing that he's 100 percent. yeah right and so yeah i I just think yeah this is gonna be a lopsided uh decision probably you know maybe danny garcia wins a couple rounds yeah you know probably early yeah, two three rounds early in the fight, but uh, well, he's Earl five Spence eight and a half, over. right? He's five eight and a half, yeah. so he's a little bit closer in height to uh, to Earl Spence. Okay, Earl Spence is, is um, five nine and a half, mm-hmm. right? And and five eight and a half, so it's only about an inch difference compared to Mikey Garcia. I think he's listed at five six or something. Yeah, right. So this is they're going to be a lot more, but he's a lefty, right? Mm-hmm. And and again, right? Uh, he had issues with Keith Thurman. Okay. Yeah. Who was a right hander, right? Who's an orthodox fighter, who who slipped, right? Mm-hmm. Bob's weaves and and really outboxed uh Danny Garcia. Yeah. Thurman came out in the first round and completely floored him. And then after that he outboxed him. Sean Porter, of course, is more of an in your face, right? Mauling, kind of, you know, mugging, dirty, smother, right? Yeah. But still, right, if he wasn't able to beat both type, how's he gonna beat Earl Spence? Who's much better, I think, than Keith Thurman and Sean Porter? Yeah, no, yeah, I think uh, you know P- PBC. You know, they're probably really careful with uh, who they put in with Earl Spence, and as much as they don't want to say this is a tune-up fight, it's not a tune-up fight. But yeah. they wouldn't be putting him in this fight if if they didn't think he was going to win this one. Yeah, I mean, the eye is yeah. on you know Terrence Crawford, I guess. Yeah. Right? We'll see. As, you know, if that'll even materialize. You know, mm-hmm. there's other stuff. Uh, De La Hoya, right, is talking about trying to get Virgil Ortiz. Yeah, Virgil Ortiz with uh, with Crawford and, uh, you know, De La Hoya also talking crazy. You know, he wants to take fight Triple G. You know, right. But that's, you know. Um, yeah, because he can beat, because he used to beat that kind of fighter. And yeah, he, and all, he, and all he the could time. take a punch, right? Easy. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, when you look at the at the welterweight division again, right, you got Earl Spence, you got Terrence Crawford, you got Manny Pacquiao. You got Sean Porter. You got uh, Virgil Ortiz, right? Mm-hmm. You still got Mikey Garcia there, right? Yeah. Um, so you got all these other guys, right, that are legitimate. Um, and then it just comes down to the promotional, obviously, being with PBC limits, somewhat limits the the opportunities, right? Yeah. Um, certainly for to, for a fight with Trans Crawford, 
Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, Rick, that being said, I've said who I've got. I, I think you said as well. So we yeah. both got Spence Jr. Uh-huh. in a decision. Yeah. Okay. So no chance of a knockout. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see a knockout happening. Um, he probably won't take the risk. Um, yeah. To to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'll stay on the outside. He'll box, you know, really well. And, uh, you know, not make it a close fight, but, uh, you know, definitely outpoint him. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Here's a good question, though, since I asked you that. Yeah. Who's the lock of the week, Rick? Um, my, my lock of the week still yeah. is going to be, uh, you know, I, I want to pick Earl Spence. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to pick Earl Spence. Earl Spence. Earl wow. Spence. No kidding. I was going to go Billy wow. Joe Saunders, yeah. with, which is the, you know. Yeah. The complete lock of the week. I'm yeah. going to take Earl Spence because too easy, right? Yeah, you, you, you don't want to do that because yeah. if you were a fighter, right, uh-huh. that would be like you ducking, yeah. right? You, and you don't you duck no one, no, right? So you're not going to duck the controversial, the fights that are close. Yeah. So there you go, Billy Joe Saunders at a minus two thousand, minus two 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 five. You're taking Earl Spence at a minus forty five, yeah. which is saying that it's going to be competitive. Chance uh-huh. that it could be competitive. Yeah, well, you know me. I, I never take the easy road. I yeah, no, take the I know. Challenging road. I know. I so know. I'm going to take Earl Spence on this one. Gotcha. So that, yeah, that is uh, very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So let me give you some other numbers if you wanted to know about the okay. fight, right? Uh, as far as it being a knockout, right? Uh, let me see what we got here. Uh, Spence wins, and yeah, they're not. The numbers don't point to a. Uh, so let me just say this. It says. Spence winning by TKO, mm-hmm. KO, or DQ, plus 250. Okay. Okay. So, you know, so they're saying that's a good chance it's yeah. gonna, that it could happen. You know, Garcia winning by technical, by TKO, plus 750. Okay. Okay. So that's probably not a bad bet, the Spence winning by TKO or KO. Mm-hmm. You lay 100 bucks, you get 250 back. Yeah. So that that's not too bad. Spence wins by decision minus one twenty five. That's about even, Rick. Yeah. Just telling you. So you you you're, you're picking one that's about even. Mm-hmm. If you're saying if you are saying that uh-huh. you think Spence is going to win by decision, then the money line is saying that that's almost even. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Um, all right, and then just wrapping up the boxing news. Right, we touched on it a bit. Um, Oscar De La Hoya coming out and talking about. Trying to get his guy Virgil Ortiz a fight with Terrence Crawford, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it. Uh, yeah, I would. I would love to see that fight. Um, I just don't know if Bob Arum, if that's going to be his last fight with Terrence Crawford, is going to yeah. make that fight. Yeah. You know, he might. You know, because he might say, you know what, I can't get you any of the PBC guys. Yeah. This is the best guy I can get you to fight. Don't right forget. Now. Yeah, Bob Arum has nothing to do with um, Terrence Crawford's fights anymore. Remember? Yeah. Uh, he, he leaves it all to his son-in-law. Yeah. No. Ted no. DeBolf. Yeah. I think he, uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. That's what he said. He has no, He just wiped his hands clean uh-huh. of anything Terrence Crawford, man. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I think that on the heels of the Teofimo Lopez and uh, Lomachenko fight, mm-hmm. I think that's why De La Hoya is coming out with this yeah. because he's basically trying to get his guy to say, hey, right, how much longer are we going to go and try and pad your record against fighters that, you know, that Ortiz is probably going to be favored against? Mm-hmm. Why not? They're to be great. Right? Yeah. Sula Marbina said last week when she fought Marlon Esparza, why not there to be great? Although, by the way, you know, Sulem is the one who had the, the just as much of a, a better pedigree than Esparza. But anyways, 
<laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Go, especially now nowadays, right? And quite honestly, right? Uh, Crawford would bro- probably be favored, mm-hmm. but Ortiz is dangerous. Man. Ortiz is dangerous. Um, you know, it's it's something where hmm. you would love to see it. Yeah. You know, and and you would love to see boxing go in that direction. And and, may, and that's the thing, right? My low light of the of of that whole Tyson Jones card was boxing is the one who loses. Mm-hmm. You put those kind of cards with Crawford and Virgil Ortiz. That's how we start getting fights back. Yeah, and I think, by the way, if Crawford maybe takes that fight, right? Because he looks at that as like, hey, that's younger guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right, inexperienced. He thinks he can outbox him. You know, not a PBC guy, mm-hmm. and they've made fights with top rank and and Golden Boy. Yeah. So, man, that would be that would be something else. Yeah, no, definitely, because I, I don't. I don't think Manny Pacquiao is going to get in there with Terrence Crawford. It's just too dangerous a fight for him. Too dangerous a um, fight. You totally know, PBC agree. won't do it. Um, probably Victor Ortiz is the biggest fight that they'd be able to make. Yeah, Virgil Ortiz. Uh, what would Vic- I say? Victor Ortiz would be a good fight too. That, yeah. yeah, they think that would make a lot of money as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, um, and I'll tell you, right, I hope that happens because that'll clear the way for uh, a Mike, the Mikey Garcia and mm-hmm. Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. All right. Which, by the way, you know this this uh, website that I reference all the numbers for, mm-hmm. they have a lot of those fights listed. Like they actually have uh, Garcia and uh, and Manny Pacquiao listed uh, with the numbers. You know, and it, it's and it, it's even. It, it it's even. Well, no, no, Manny Pacquiao's favored. favored Ma- yeah, Man- Manny Pacquiao at minus one twenty. Yeah, and, uh, and, and Mikey at plus one hundred. And that might not be what Vegas thinks yeah. is going to happen in the fight. Yeah. It's just they know where the money's going to go. Right. The, well, it's going to be betted heavy, heavy Pacquiao. Yeah. The McGregor and Pacquiao fight, mm-hmm. if that were to take place, yeah, that's minus nine hundred oh. for Pacquiao plus five fifty for McGregor. Yeah. So yeah, huge mismatch. Yeah, one even has a minus two thousand for mm-hmm. uh for Manny and plus seven fifty for Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Right. So that wouldn't be a bad one. Yeah. Think about it. Lay a hundred bucks and win seven fifty on Connor. Mm-hmm. Probably not a bad one to lay a couple hundred bucks on Connor McGregor. Yeah, I, he 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 wouldn't beat Pacquiao. It's funny, <laughs> right? But yeah, back in the yeah. day, right? I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big. I guess now I'm becoming more of a Connor McGregor fan. He's getting yeah. older. He was very sportsman like when he beat Cowboy right in the last fight, mm-hmm. right? But there used to be uh, these bumper stickers back in the days, Rick, because a lot of people uh, didn't like the, the the Dallas Cowboys, right? Yeah. Because they were, uh, you know, considered America's team and whatnot, right? And there used to be these bumper stickers that said, "Sure, I'll root for the Cowboys when they play the Russians," right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, and I feel the same way about like I I normally would not root for Conor McGregor, but if he fights that guy Jake Paul. I'm all about Conor McGregor. Then you know, and and I thought about I that. Would because love to see McGregor. That was annihilate of, that guy. That was one of the guys he was calling out. But I know McGregor fights at 155. Right. You know, right. He's probably too small. He is, but yeah. that's one fight where I would love to see McGregor completely mm-hmm. take that guy out, man. Yeah. And he would. Oh, yeah. Even though McGregor's not a boxer, he's a polished fighter, mm-hmm. and he would just yeah. Trust me, trust me when I say this. He he would completely destroy him. All right, folks, we're going to come back with Stat of the Week. Can't get away from that, Rick. Yeah, no. Can't get Stat of the Week, and then we'll wrap the show up. Folks, we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing.
All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, and we're back with everyone's favorite segment, which is the stat of the week, Rick. We can't can't get away from that, even though we've had a lot of great information. Great guest today, Christy Bogard, which, again, we're going to make that donation as soon as we're done with the show today. So um, so we made it that she made a difference by coming on the show. Go figure. Um, but before we wrap this thing up, Rick, give us the stat of the week. Okay. Um, I'm going to set you up with the alley-oop here. Uh, oh, great. You know, I didn't tell you, you know, ahead of time. I got it last week, I think. Okay. I got it last week with Christy Martin but, and uh, Lucia yeah, Riker. Th- this, one's, this one's, you know. The one right down the middle. Oh, way, way is high. it? Yeah, three and one, three, three and one. Two, two zero count. Yeah, yeah. Um, the largest attendance for an outdoor boxing match. Can you oh, name the fight? Oh man, why did you say right down the middle? I mean, I'm thinking. I, no, I don't think it's down the middle. Is it the Hogan? Is it the Hogan? Uh, who Sister Chavez? Yeah, yeah. Stadio, that is that the one? Yeah, nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that one. I uh, was gonna, I would I was going to get to that one, but I was also thinking, you know, the fights that they have across the pond, uh-huh. right? And you know, the Wembley Stadium, etc. Yeah, any of those I close? I don't think Wembley can. Uh, I'll have to check on there. Yeah, you know how many people can fit in there, but uh, Azteca, Estadio yeah. Azteca, yeah, hundred and thirty-six thousand. Two hundred and seventy-four. Wow. Yeah, it makes sense. And there was ninety thousand people in that for that fight. How many were there? No, for that fight, yeah. one hundred thirty-six. Oh, one hundred thirty-six. Yeah. Oh, two hundred seventy-four. Can you imagine? Oh man! And you have right. Yeah. You have here at the Standing Eight Count Studios, right? We have the seat cushion mm-hmm. that was given out from that fight, right? Yeah. That my, that my mom, you know, God bless her heart. Um, was able to procure. Little did we know, or I know, that it would become a, a prop here at the show. Think of, by the way, what an event that would have been to attend, right? No, oh, you imagine, yeah, yeah. You think there was some some beers flowing at that place? Yeah, well, Wembley Stadium <laughs> still holds ninety thousand. Okay, because I bet there's been some pretty big ones yeah. there, you know. And then I was also thinking, you know, uh, but they couldn't build a stadium big enough out in you know Saudi Arabia, etc. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty big, but you know the the the, the Rumble and the Jungle, um, the uh, the Thrill in Manila, I should say, uh-huh. but. There's not a big enough venue in the Philippines for that, right? Yeah, no, they, yeah, there wouldn't be um, right. So, so yeah, so it would have to be that one, the mm-hmm. Stadio Azteca. Wow, hundred thirty-six thousand. Hundred thirty-six. You 000. believe that? Could you imagine it? Just the ridiculous amount of people. Because here, but here's the thing, right? Is let's just let's just think about that in today's terms. Great, great stat of the week, by the mm-hmm. way, is what fight could take place there today, right? Mm-hmm. That would draw that because. Boxing is a passion in Mexico, yeah. right? Soccer, boxing, right? Neck and neck. Baseball, sort of, right? But what fight could take place there today that could draw that amount? And by the way, um, kudos to Greg Hagen, who made that happen, by the yeah. way, right? By that's when his infamous, you know, he's been fighting a bunch of, you know. Taxi uh, drivers. Yeah, yeah, taxi drivers, et cetera, right? Yeah. And that card was pretty good, though, right? That's the other mm-hmm. thing. A lot of named fighters on that card. Yeah. Um, so who else do you think uh, today? Could fill that. It'd, it'd have to be Canelo. It'd have to be Canelo. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you're going to like this one. Yeah. The other one would have to probably be Oscar. Yeah, you think so, to, huh? To get 136,000. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. be able to throw a Billy Joe Saunders yeah. in there. Yeah. You know, a Callum Smith. You wouldn't yeah. be able to get one of those. You don't the, think You don't think a Charlo uh, uh, Canelo? I, I don't think they're well known in, in Mexico. Yeah. I think you've got to have... 
But Hagen wasn't either. Yeah, Hagen no, wasn't but, either. But Hagen made it, made it, made it known by all the nineties, though. By all the, but but here's yeah. the thing: those were the nineties, uh-huh. and he was trash talking when social media wasn't around. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get a Charlo who starts talking a bunch of trash to Canelo about him being a paper champion and all kinds of stuff, uh-huh. right? I don't know, man. You're thinking Canelo versus De La Hoya? Canelo versus De La Hoya. Maybe, maybe. Draws the 100, draws the 136. Draws the 136. I, no, now don't get me wrong. Yes, I think yeah. that I think that would. I'm not saying that wouldn't. But then here's the other part. Yeah. Back in the 90s, yeah. the technology's not as good as it is today. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you, you can see the, the, the fight better on your TV than yeah. you can yeah. in person. Yeah. You know, I still think you could get that many people there, but it, it would have to be a huge, huge fight. But here's why here's why that that's that's I, I hear what you're saying, but here's why that, that would not be relevant because I'm sure you could look it up. Mm-hmm. If the US national soccer team yeah. goes to play Mexico, okay, today, right, they're gonna get a hundred thousand people there. Okay. Yeah. That's and that's today with all of the you know media outlets and television people show up there, man, to watch events. Mm-hmm. They do. So I think if you put the right fighters in there, I think they'll draw, right? But it can't be, it can't be a Mexican American. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, so, it, if that's why we're saying, and we both agree, it has to be like a Canelo type guy, or even like a Jaime Munguia. How about Jaime Munguia and could, Canelo? Could be um, right. I think you need to build Munguia a little bit right now. Yeah. It'd probably be a you know it'd be a mismatch, and you know maybe they wouldn't care. They'd go anyway. Yeah, because the other guys are not gonna you know uh, Juan Francisco Estrada right, mm-hmm. who just beat Car- Carlos Cuadras. That you know that's not gonna draw one hundred thirty six thousand. Yeah, they don't have because at the time, remember right? The, I don't you know they made uh, Julio Cesar Chavez probably considered pound for pound the best fighter, right? Mm-hmm. Period, pound for pound. And, of course, the best Mexican uh, fighter, yeah. right? Um, probably still not the best Mexican fighter of all time, by the way. That's probably still Ruben Olivares, mm-hmm. who we missed at the Fantasy Springs, and we probably should have got him. <laughs> but that's that's another story. But, yeah, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some names. I mean, Miguel Burchell, you know, against yeah. an Oscar Valdez. Not going to happen, Right. I think it has to be Canelo. Yeah. Do we agree? It's, it's, it would have to be Canelo. It would have to be Canelo. Yeah. You have to be Canelo. And so, yeah, and beyond that now, they know Teofimo Lopez, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, that that would be interesting, right? But I, I, I'm thinking Canelo against uh, – has to be Mexican national. It has to be somebody that they connect with. Yeah. Has to be. And like I said, I think Canelo Charlo does it. Yeah, yeah. I think Canelo Charlo does it. I think you're right. Canelo De La Hoya would do it for sure. I think Canelo and Jaime Munguia also has the possibility. But other than that, dang, one hundred and thirty-six thousand to watch a yeah, wow. Any of them would even uh, well, I don't know Caleb Plant, etc. But that's mm-hmm. like a Greg Hoggett. Um, all right, that does it for this week, Greg. Yeah, great, um, great episode. Oh, man, so much information. Yeah. We went a little long, but again, you know, people could break it out, listen to it a little bit, you know, a little bit on their drive tomorrow, a little bit Thursday, a little bit Friday, mm-hmm. uh, and, and get caught up. So that's it for now, folks. That was round nine. Wow, we won round nine for sure, Rick. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, doubt, no doubt about it. All right, folks, we'll be back next week. Have a good evening. Be safe.